Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. How are you tonight? I'm well, sir. I'm well. Bless you. Good. Bless you. It's good. Did you have a lot of rain over your place? Um, not a lot. No, not a lot. We had quite a bit there for a while. It was raining very hard. The wind was blowing every which way. It was just. Just like uh, your your Clodian wind, or what? However you pronounce that. Amen. Amen. We welcome whoever else has came on the call. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, Doctor McCarthy. How are you? Blessed. How are you? Amen. I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. Apostle McCarthy, there too. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Bless you, sir. Yeah, he he can't hear you because I he's going okay. on his phone. I'm on mine this time. All right, all right. <laughs> um, amen. And thank God for cell phones. It changed it changed the uh, order of society. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, a little technology. Um, forgive me, I didn't hear someone comment. I was just going to say, and today's the birthday of the. Uh, uh, smartphone. Yeah. yeah. The iPhone, yes. Amen. Well, um, thank God, amen, for you. Uh, Dr. McCarthy, would you um, would you open up with, th- with Thanksgiving and, and prayer, please? Sure. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you just thanking you for allowing us the opportunity to come together for the leadership meeting on today. We thank you for all the prayers that have gone forth for Apostle Griffin and all the others on the call this week. We thank you for us pressing in for one another as we are family as well as brothers and sisters in Christ. We ask that each need be met. We ask that the call that we are on now, that none of us leave the same way that we came in. And we ask that those that join later that they also are included in the anointing that is going forth right now and that this be a productive call and that it be for your glory. And we go forth full of faith and believing that what we have asked for we have received on this e- in this evening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And, and thank you, uh, Dr. McCarthy. And we, we certainly thank the Lord for his goodness and mercy. And we uh, honor him. We honor the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, this evening, <clears throat> you know, we're blessed of the Lord. I, I thank the Lord, amen, for Dr. Charlton, amen, being on the call also. Um, saints of God, I, I appreciate, amen, your uh, attentiveness to this um, to this uh, call, um, this uh, teleconference call tonight. And um, just want to kind of say one of the reasons why my voice is uh, so low 
is because on Thursday nights my wife is uh, sleeping to a certain time, and then I have to take her to work. So I'm trying to be quiet and yet um, be communicative. Uh, Nevertheless, amen, God is good, and uh, we thank the Lord, amen, for you all. Hoping uh, some others uh, will come on, Uh, they are, and uh, so we can uh, start um, just a uh, discussion about something on tonight. God bless you, Dr. Uh, Manny. We got a lot of doctors on this call. My goodness. Sounds like a spiritual hospital. Um, God bless you, uh, uh, Dr. Manny. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. If Saints, if you have your Bibles, if you have your Bibles, I want to um, share uh, something. Um, and if you have them, um, I want you to open up your Bibles to uh, Deuteronomy. Uh, Deuteronomy, Second Corinthians, and Leviticus. And uh, thank God even for Prophecy Vet uh, being on the call tonight. Um um, I uh, woke up this morning, and um, actually, uh, saying so, let me just kind of backtrack here for a moment. Uh, again, I uh, thank God even for you all on the call. Uh, the day yesterday when I woke up, about 2.30, I, um, I heard these words, command your morning. Oh. And, um, of course, you know, there's a text there in Job um, that uh, speaks about that. And so I heard the Spirit of the Lord say to me, command your morning. And I did some things, you know, 2.30, and uh, then I uh, made a decree. And um, the day went forth, and then I woke up this morning about 3.30, and I felt a uh, uh, resistance or a warfare. I didn't feel right. Uh, you know, I mean, not physically, but just felt something wrong. And, um, and of course, I remembered uh, the day before where the Spirit of the Lord said, command your morning. You know, because, uh, you know, God has given us uh, authority and and power through his name and uh, through... Uh, the rights that we have of being kingdom citizens. So nevertheless, I woke up uh, today, got up today, and I said to myself, um, I don't really feel like uh, doing the roundtable. I really don't want to talk on the roundtable tonight. And I knew that it's Thursday, and I had not asked anybody to uh, speak or to uh, share some people came in my mind, and I uh, just kind of went through my day, and I kept saying, well, Lord, you know, if you have something you want, you know, me to say, you know, give it, uh, you know, you know, just share it, give it to me. So the day progressed, and I began to think about um, all of you and others that come on the call and others that don't come on the call. And then I heard, then I heard uh, these words. I'm not trying to get excited like Apostle King last week, and I thank God. 
Amen. My God, that was a powerful that was a powerful uh, message that she uh, gave to us last week. Wow. Amen. And wow, that was awesome. That was awesome. I, I took that I took that break to say that because this is kind of linked up to a degree with what she said last week. But I heard these words this uh, uh, I don't this earlier this afternoon. The some are plowing in the wrong vineyard. I, 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 look, I, I don't know where I was. I looked around. I looked around. Said, where that come? Where that come from? Some are plowing in the wrong vineyard. And. Um, um, as I uh, began to dwell upon that, I guess one of the scriptures that I didn't um, that I didn't uh, uh, give you was actually in the Song of Solomon. And the first scripture that came to my mind concerning vineyards and being in the wrong vineyard or, or whatever um, uh, is in. The first scripture that came to my mind was Song of Solomon, chapter 1, uh, there at um, uh, verse uh, 6, where the Shulamite made this comment. She said, they made me the keeper of the vineyards, but mine own vineyard I have not kept. They made me the keeper of the vineyards, but my own vineyard I have not kept. And um, as the day progressed, uh, actually, I'm just going to be I'm going to be like Dr. Shaw said. I'm going to be very transparent. About an hour, hour and a half ago, as I as I just kind of collapsed on the floor and tried to take a nap, and uh, maybe I drifted off for a couple minutes. More kept coming to me about you know people plowing in the wrong vineyard. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be long with this, and, and certainly we want some feedback. And certainly, I'm appealing. You know, certainly we are appealing to the Spirit of the Lord and the prophetic culture to uh, respond to this. I'm going to give you some other scriptures here. Uh, a long time, a long time ago. I don't know. Um, maybe you have to. You would have had to grow up in the country, in uh, the north. And maybe this was done in the South. They had something called bean fields. And when I was growing up in Warren, Ohio, a, um, a van, we were in a, um, of course, an African-American community that was mixed, mainly African-American. And a van would come in the morning, a Monday through Friday. I don't know if it was Saturday. I was young, maybe six, seven, eight years old or so, it would come and pick up uh, people and they would take us out to Jaga or Portage County. Don't know, we're in a place called Mesopotamia uh, to um, pick beans in the bean fields where, uh, and people had separate, there were separate fields out there uh, where um, uh, people would go with uh, pick the beans or whatever, 
and put them in um, baskets or bushels or whatever and take them and they would give them money. And I, my 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 uh, knowledge or remembrance, uh, um, may, it may have been a dollar and a half or a dollar a quarter, a basket or whatever. Please understand I'm talking about the uh, uh, late 50s and uh, the early 60s when um, um, and a lot of what and, a, and I'm still talking about venues here and a lot of what was going on up here in the north reflected the sharecroppers in the south uh, excuse me for saying this the Jim Crow system that was uh, being perpetuated in the south actually looked different in the north. And so um, the older people would go out, and I remember one time I went out and I started crying, and that was my um, recollection of me. I was too young. But they would go out with those straw hats in the summer, and they pick these uh, beans and whatever, put them in the basket, and get their money and, you know, come home. At the end of the day, you know, they would pick somebody else's field, and you couldn't go. You couldn't go into another vineyard, or you couldn't go into. You had to go into the field or garden or vineyard uh, that you were supposed to assign to. And so, um, the Spirit of the Lord Amen shared with me um, that there are some that are plowing in the wrong vineyard, and a lot of thoughts came to my mind, and I want to share some of them. I believe some of this is instructional, some inspirational, and some uh, a warning. Uh, in Deuteronomy chapter Deuteronomy chapter 22, and I have an iPad, so just give me an opportunity to um, go there. In Deuteronomy chapter 22, at verse 9, it says, You shall not sow your vineyard with different kinds of seed, lest the yield of the seed which you have sown in the fruit of your vineyard be defiled. You should not, I'm going to read the scriptures, then I'm going to respond to all of them. You shall not plow with an ox and a donkey together. In Leviticus 19 and 19, in Leviticus 19 and 19, it says, You shall keep my statutes, you shall not let your livestock Breed with another kind. You should not sow your field with mixed seed, nor shall a garment of mixed linen and wool come upon you. Let me just stop here for a moment. A lot of us, when we were coming up in uh, in uh, church, uh, there are lots of people on here came up in the apostolic movement. Um, we were taught especially when it says here, you shall not uh, a garment of mixed linen and wool come upon you. Uh, and, and we were taught, you know, a man and a woman, you know, you're not wearing the same kind of garment. And so there was a lot of teaching that women could not wear pants uh, because pants supposedly reflected a men's garments. You know, it shouldn't be mixture. <clears throat> a lot of uh, the teaching uh, therein, amen, that we had back in the day, was misinterpreted because it was not uh, speaking literally about natural clothes. It was talking about 
being unequally yoked. It was talking about the yoke being unequal. And so, amen, I think Apostle, um, Apostle King may be on the call. Um, nevertheless, um, my time, what the Spirit of the Lord gave me was some plowing in the wrong vineyard. Let me, let me continue to uh, read on in Second uh, Corinthians chapter um, 6, verse 14, a scripture that all of us um, are, um, are aware of. Um, certainly aware of and familiar with 6 and uh, 14. It says, do, and I'm in the New King James Version, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? What communion has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Belial? What part has a believer with an unbeliever? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, and as God has said. And then in verse 17, he says, Therefore come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. <clears throat> so when you look at um, this passage of Scripture, talk about unequally yoked, uh, much of the teaching about being unequally yoked was mainly about marriage, about not dating, about not marrying somebody that was not saved. And then there were some people, amen, that shared or uh, clarified that and said that uh, you can't be yoked with people um, uh, for the sake of discussion. They're not on the same spiritual level as you. Lots of chatter about how this uh, passage is interpreted. But the Spirit of the Lord even said, amen, to me that uh, some were plowing in the wrong vineyard. Now, when you have an when you have an ox and a um, donkey uh, yoked together, plowing in a field, the uh, donkey cannot keep up with the uh, ox because they have uh, different uh, strengths. They are unequal in their strength in their disposition. Uh, unequal in, the, in, the, in their character, in their ability. And uh, actually, amen, you were never supposed to put them together because they were not supposed to work together. I'm going to try to make this as plain as simple. They were not supposed to work together because, amen, could not plow uh, uh, together. Sometimes, sometimes things attract people to other and we'll talk about ministries you know we'll talk about ministries individuals sometimes things attract people to other people or to other ministries and they move forth in those um, because of that attraction something that impresses them they move forth in that vineyard to um, to plow to work and the spirit of the lord has not given uh the clearance, the go-ahead, the green light to move over into that vineyard to uh, to plow, and there's going to bring um, a, a yoke that's unequal, and it's going to cause um, it's going to cause um, an impurity. It's going to cause an impure flow in the spirit realm uh, because you're out of place. 
in the wrong vineyard. And um, um, when you have, when they said, and I think Deuteronomy, where you were supposed not to plant different seed in the same garden or the same vineyard, they were supposed to be put in separate vineyards, but not together, because it would bring about um, um, mixed grain and would bring a disturbance, a it would uh, take away the strength of the of the soil, and so Amen. Uh, in the Old Testament, uh, the Lord gave them instruction because you understand it was an agricultural economy, society. Don't mix the grain. Don't mix the oxen, the donkey. Don't mix the types of um, cloth. Uh, there has to be what a separation, a separation that represented uh, the holiness, the separation that represented what pleased God, the separation, Amen, that uh, 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 represented, Amen, the sanctification and the purity and the power, Amen, of the plowing. Remember, Amen, in the Old Testament, as I said, it's an economical, it's a agricultural economy. So uh, when the Spirit of the Lord, Amen, uh, shared this with me, and as I said, I, I, as I said, and I'm going to see if there's going to be any comments to this, as, as I uh, 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 meditated on this, as more thoughts came to my mind, then it, it kind of reflected back to um, what we heard last Thursday, and and uh, uh, we just have to know. Uh, if we're plowing in the right vineyard, and we have to be careful about uh, there's there's two kind there's two kinds of attraction. This is coming to me. There's the attraction that comes from the five senses, and then there's something called the law of attraction. You know, theologians bring this up. The law of attraction, in which, amen, you're attracted because you're a sign or you're appointed, or you're to be aligned, because the Spirit of the Lord brings that attraction alignment, amen, to you, to ministries. So tonight, saints, we have to evaluate in the areas that we are plowing, the areas that we are sowing in, the areas, amen, that we're uh, operating and working is it the vineyard, the right vineyard, amen, uh, uh, and there is a noise, and, and uh, uh, maybe you, you can mute. Uh, is, is it the right vineyard to what? Be plowing in. Because I don't, I, I, I know I didn't, I know I didn't miss this. Um, you be careful of the wrong, be careful about being in the wrong what vineyard. And the vineyard is supposed to be the place that's supposed to bring fruitfulness, mm-hmm. supposed to bring growth, supposed to uh, uh, be a place, amen, where things that are planted come forth in their full potential. Um, there should be a spiritual fruition, the measure of the grace of God to uh, uh, for growth. And... Um, so um, I'm not sure if I have any more to uh, say to this. 
except um, the fact that to be un, you know, in, in, in Corinthians when we were talking about being unequally yoked together, the new the new Corinthian Christians were attempting to apply some of the pagan practices of the unbelievers and bring it into their bring it into their worship and into their spiritual life. If you've observed in the New Testament the longest letters of the, the longest epistles or longest letters of the Apostle Paul was to the church at Corinth. First and second Corinthians, the longest epistles. And yet, when you look in First uh, Corinthians, you see, amen, he's talking about gifts of the Spirit. He's talking about operation of the gifts of the Spirit. And he's also talking about a mixture where saints, amen, are yet in the flesh and yet gifts are in operation. It brings to my mind Matthew chapter 7, I think verse 21, where the Lord says, you know, many, many in that day are going to say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we you know, prophesy and cast out devils and did many wonderful works, etc., etc." And uh, the Lord says, you know, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I did not know you. I didn't authorize you. I didn't send you. And so, um, and, and, and so we have to be careful tonight, saints, to, be, to, to know if the vineyard that you're operating in is a, is a vineyard, amen, that the Lord has planted. Because the Bible speaks of false prophets, false apostles, etc., and we're in a great time of deception. There's a great deception, amen, in the midst of us. And God is calling a remnant out of the so-called remnant. God is in the midst of us. The Spirit of the Lord is in the midst of us purifying his people. And we have to know the soil that we plow in, amen, that it has been ordained by God, amen. God bless you. Be careful. And and I had to, you know, I had to, you know, I had to deal with this myself. Be careful about plowing in the wrong what? Plowing in the wrong vineyard. I found out I'm I'm trying to stop. I found out that I can't I can't go to every, I can't go to I can't go everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, when the when the uh, I I I I can't accept every invitation uh, because you know at this time in our lives, I'm including all of us. This time in our lives, we have to. Go where the Lord sends us, where the Lord allows us to go. Uh, we just have to be spiritually discerning and careful not to plow in the incorrect, in the wrong vineyards. 
Amen. God bless you. Thank God for you. Amen. So, amen. We thank the Lord. Amen for you. Let's uh, uh, have a discussion. Uh, if we can, uh, any uh, comments? We pray that the Spirit of the Lord would um, um, would release it through the prophetic culture uh, that's on the call, the prophetic atmosphere, and uh, speak to us. Uh, as leaders, saints, we have to guard our hearts. We have to guard the anointing of God upon us. We have to guard, amen, the ministries that God has, amen, uh, given to us, amen, for a season because it's not forever. And we have to be very protective of it, amen. So we thank the Lord, amen, uh, for you all tonight on the Apostles' Roundtable. So God bless you. Who would like to uh, maybe comment or ask a question or something like that? I don't know. Apostle Griffin, this is uh, Prophetess Jory. Yes, ma'am. And um, that was truly uh, a now word because uh, my husband and I um, were discussing that all of this week about being sent and that we can't go to every place that people are giving us invitations to go to because the Lord has not sent us. And if you're not sent, then you're not equipped to do what he has charged you to do, and it causes you to um, make the flow. Uh, For instance, uh, uh, we invited some people to uh, an event, and one of the gentlemen's spirit was not correct, and so it caused the flow of the anointing of the Holy Ghost to stop in that place for everyone that was supposed to be blessed that day because he was out of order. He was not supposed to be there. And so if you are not sent, that's what happens, and then everybody ends up being uh, uh, not even penalized but not receiving what they're supposed to receive. And so um, that's what we had been praying, and that's what we had received, and that is a confirmation of what we have have received that from now on we're only going to accept invitations that the Lord sends us to, that he confirms that he sent us to, versus trying to um, please people because we have relationship with them as brothers and sisters in the Lord, but um, uh, not being given the okay by the Holy Spirit to go. So uh, I, I appreciate that. That was a great word. Amen. Bless you. Amen. Bless you. Anyone else? Mm. Praise the Lord. This is uh, Dr. Deneen. Bless you, Dr. Uh, I was just <laughs> Praise the Lord, everyone. Um, thank God for the, the word that's gone forth and, and about us being on assignment wherever we go. But um, I know I feel that sometimes, even if you're just sent there for one person, because I know that there was an instance where I was like, I didn't even believe that that person was able to even come back in, but it's like the second time when they came back in, then that's when I heard them. Maybe I didn't hear them the first time that they came there or didn't receive them the first time they may have come there, but when they came back again, then the Lord had attuned my ear to, to hear at that time. 
then it was for me, so it brought me out. So it, even if the assignment was just me out Amen. of the multitude, mm-hmm. God pulled mm-hmm. me out. So uh, it, it sometimes, you know, we have to also say, you know, God, are you sending me just for that that one person? You know, how he did the countdown with Lot. You know, Lot was running. He was like, if it's this many, and God said, yeah. But, you know, in this instance, I was the only one at that time, but now there are more that have come out. So uh, sometimes it, it may just be one person. So just to make sure, you know, is it your assignment or is it not your assignment? And, you know, God gives you the grace to, to walk on your, you know, just pray that at least one here. It may not seem like a, a lot, but that one just can have grace to bring others out. Amen, amen. I, I think it's very important that uh, in, in this time that we um, um, evaluate, spiritually evaluate, not uh, not do a witch hunt, not do uh, <laughs> not do a Salem witch hunt, but spiritually evaluate, amen, connections. Um, um, you know, we, we, we you know, we can't, um, can't, you know, function with everybody. Uh, allow, allow, allow me to say this. Um, there's a woman. There's a woman of God, and and I'm I'm only speaking because there was a pause and, and reply. It's a woman of God that um, was dealing with something like this. She's she's part of the MFI, and she said the Spirit of the Lord told her it had to do it had to do with the African American uh, portion of the uh, church in America. She, she and, and there was uh, she said it had to. She said there was a topic that we were discussing. She said the Lord said, Spirit of the Lord said, you have to remember that uh, when they were in Africa, they were from different tribes, and that they uh, didn't get along. They didn't fellowship. You know, I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing some things. Uh, then, and that's why you see it now. And and she said the Lord said that. Um, What's happening a lot of times is tribes are operating with tribes, and uh, if you look in Deuteronomy, you know, don't physically look at it. You'll see that uh, in Deuteronomy chapter one, Judah made this statement. Um, they asked the question, "Who, you know, who, who's supposed to go up against the Canaanites first? The Lord says, "Send Judah first. But Judah made a comment. Judah said, "And I want Simeon, my brother, to go with me." And you see a pattern in the Old Testament of uh, uh, Judah and Simeon um, uh, functioning, operating in ministry, if you will, together. Their tribes uh, work together. Um, other, other, anybody else want to have a comment tonight? Dr. Shaw, Pastor Shane. Whoever else? Yes. Uh, with the the reasoning for uh, the Lord to uh, make uh, commands about uh, what what type of animals to be used in plowing and gathering of uh, the, the priesthood uh, under Aaron, they were told not to wear wool and linen is either linen or wool and it wouldn't 
supposed to be wool because wool would make them sweat. Sweat, yes. And they weren't uh, they weren't supposed to sweat when when doing the Lord's work. So God is God is specific, and He's specific for a purpose that all things are to be done in decency and in order, and that the uh, reasoning by God, he has his reason, though he didn't state it about the different things. He just gave instruction as to what what should be done. Uh, Ox and ox and uh, donkeys with donkeys and... uh, the the various uh, types of clothing and and the way that the uh, way that the priest garments were put on and uh, the he uh, he he was specific for his purposes not our purposes. All right, can you can you apply that to what I was teaching tonight? Does it apply? Yes, it does. You, you, uh, you brought up the the, the donkey and the ox uh, were were unequally yoked, and they couldn't, they didn't have the same strength, and thereby they would have been uh, plowing crooked furrows. And uh, amen. That was that was the main the main point of the ox and the donkey, I believe. Did y'all hear that? Crooked furrows. My God. Amen. Uh, anyone else? Amen. Yes. Praise the Lord, Dr. Shaw. And uh, I was looking at it at another sense of the word. In Second um, Corinthians six and fourteen, where it yes. said, "Do not be yoked together with unbelievers." So, let's just look at that for a moment. Uh, think about that for a moment, because um, it did not say, "Do not be yoked together with believers." It said, "Do not be yoked together with unbelievers." There's a reason for that. For what we do. Righteousness and wickedness doesn't has nothing in common, right? Or what fellowship can uh, light have with darkness? So, in Galatians five and one, it says, "It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery." Now, I'm just going to go back up to that oxen situation because the plowman or the farmer binds the yoke upon the neck of the oxen so that it would not fall off or be shaken off. So the yoke bound around the neck of man would cause his strength to diminish. And one may waver and fall under the load of yoke. So we want to get a good understanding of what yoke is talking about. What are we talking about with yoke on a literal sense? Yoke means a bar of wood. This is how they dealt with the oxen usually uh, to unite two of the animals, uh, enable them to work in the fields, drawing loads and pulling instruments, and use for farming. So it's a specific use, and it's a specific reason that two oxen are used together in this farming. 
But now in the Bible, figuratively, using the symbol of the yoke, it means slavery, servanthood. And this is slavery in 1 Timothy 6, 1, servanthood, Leviticus 26, 13, where I broke the bars of your yoke and enabled you to walk with heads held high. And then there's submission, force, subjection, burden, load, oppression, found in different scriptures, and then you have the bondage to sin. And that's basically what I think is more geared to when you're dealing with yoking with and being bonded with unbelievers. My sins have been bound under a yoke by his hands that were woven together. Now, when I looked further in Matthew 11, 28, and 30, it said, Come to me, all you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And that's within Christ. And, and, and now we're dealing with the believers being together, the believers combining together, but the believers communicating together, the believers building together. I think it's a positive turn to this as well. I mean, you did speak about all the negativity of uh, being yoked with unbelievers, but I just want to turn that and tweak that just a, a sense of the word because we're talking about um, for what is righteous versus wickedness. But if we're having two righteous people other than God's own judgment, how are, who are we to say who's righteous and who's not? Because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But in that, St. Paul and Galatians 5 and 1 and in Peter in Acts 15 and 10 talk about the yoke of bondage that the law brings and the yoke that no one can carry. So the requirements of the law are beyond our capacity. And then it comes further down and says, Jesus Christ has set us free from the yoke of bondage through the law. Jesus took upon himself the yoke of law and fulfilled it. Therefore, through him, we can be set free from the yoke of sin and death found in Matthew 11, 28-30. So Jesus invites all who are under the yoke of law or sin and offers the true rest for their souls. So we have to know that there is an outlook. There's something ahead. When we bring people into the fold, we know, I mean, as we all come from the world, but God has given us the opportunity to be free from that. I mean, he died for our sins. And so uh, we may visualize this as Jesus being the master or a farmer and us being yoked with a lighter load. But that's not the picture. It says farmers used to yoke the young used to yoke young ox with old experienced ox to train them. The old ox will take the major load, and the young one will be walking along and learning from him. So it it says that it is a, a bigger picture than we see that there is a cause as it is a cause behind everything we do. All things work together for the good of those who love the Lord. It's just getting others to understand the love of the Lord and being able to work together with the older can teach the younger. There is some teaching here. There is some training here. There is some vision here. There is some other ways to look at this and, and, and not to just discount people because they may be sinners, but you have to be careful not to be bonded to the point that you are subjected under them, being bound under them, being um, submissive to them, and falling up under their um, uh, ways of deception. Um, there was someone talking uh, about um, 
I heard uh, of a gentleman who was overseas talking about their ministry, and there were people uh, who dealt with witchcraft who came in to try to disrupt their uh, service and why the spirit was high and everything. But when you stay focused on who Jesus is, and when you're just dealing with people who are not believers, you really have to be able to understand what that is all about. If you're not, you can't be yoked with them, and that's true. That's a true statement. It's a true situation, but it does not mean that you cannot witness to them what happened. Those people who were who bound into witchcraft ended up being saved that night, and several went down in Jesus' name. So it's just to tell you that, you know, sometimes, and this was another message that I just got earlier, but sometimes we look at people on the outside and we don't know what God is doing to them on the inside. So we can't just jump up and just reject everybody. We have to understand we can't be bound uh, and yoked with them, but we have to understand what our assignment is that we receive them as in what Christ would have us do as in receiving them. So I, I look at it at a different turn. I see it as something different from how God has me perceiving things, and we don't know who God is using uh, to do things in our life, so we can't always just uh, reject them because they're coming into church in rags and not riches, and, or they're coming like they're lowly and not proud, or, or and we're not to be proud, but you know, we have some of those inconsistencies about ourselves, but we have to understand who is the believer and who isn't the believer, because some people we think may be the believer may not be the believer. So we have to be very careful. It's a thin mind, and we have to be prayed up about who is and who isn't, and it really isn't our judgment call. It's when God calls us that he can be the judge of our lives as we do things with other people. That's all I have to say. Amen, Amen. Dr. Amen. Thank you. Oh, praise you. the Lord. Praise the Lord. Um, praise the Lord. I'm this prophetess Yvette. Um, I'm just going back to um, what you were saying earlier about the warning about plowing the wrong field. And um, and this is what I was gathering from what you were saying. Um, I was looking at the plower being the person that is called to ministry and I was thinking of the ox or the donkey uh, as tools that were being used by the minister to carry out the ministry that God has called them to. And the field is um, basically the ministry itself, the, the platform in which the person is doing their ministry. And I was um, thinking back to what you said when you said um, when you when you brought back reference to Matthew seven. 21 through 23, um, where um, the the ministers were before Jesus and they were saying, you know, well, didn't we prophesy in your name and didn't we cast out devils? And I'm, I'm, I'm going to deal with that part for a minute here. Um, so basically they were admitting that um, their gifts were in operation. And we know that gifts come without repentance, that um, um, once they're activated, um, that's, that's it. Um, they're in operation. And some of us, our gifts have been in operation um, even as children before we were even saved. So um, I know for a fact that gifts come without repentance because mine have been in operation for a long time before I was saved. So I know that they come without repentance. That had nothing to do with me being saved. They were already there because the Holy Spirit, he has already given those to us regardless of who we are, 
and what we've done, those are already those are already chosen for us. So gifts come without repentance. So um, it does not matter, as we heard from the response that Jesus gave these um, specific ministers, that it did not matter about their gifts being in operation. It was about the spirit in operation behind them, um, the tools that they were using. Were they um, doing this with God's spirit, or were they incorporating other things into their ministry, um, using spirits or practices that were not of God? And the, just the term that he used, you, you that work iniquity, or some versions say evildoers, or you that work um, that which is evil, um, they're all pointing to someone who on the surface has what looks like um, godly attributes because they have gifts that are in operation. But in actuality, there's something about the fruit that they're bearing that's, that's displaying a wickedness and it's being revealed to Jesus that because of what is in their heart, because of the spirit that is in operation in their lives, their gifts are in operation, but yet they are doing it with the wrong spirit. And that's why the Apostle John said, try the spirits and see whether they are of God. Because many false apostles have gone out, and many false teachers and false prophets have gone out. And they, they look like us. They sound like us. Because remember, um, Satan knows how to transform himself into an angel of light. And so do those who are used by him. So we cannot get caught up in how how well someone flows, because people with spiritual divination can be very accurate, but it's the spirit that they are using to gain the information that is not of God, because they're doing it illegally in the spirit. There are many who have healing gifts, but they're lying signs and wonders because they're using demonic powers to um, cause these supernatural things to occur. So not not everything that's supernatural is necessarily using the spirit of God, because we know that um, witchcraft uses demonic forces, and that is why God shuns us from using those practices. And a lot of people are involved in certain societies that use occult powers. Um, they, they're doing rituals that are occult powers, and they are um, leaders in high places. And they're mixing things that have nothing to do with with the one true living God with their walk and their ministry. And it, and if you have come across a lot of them like I have, um, they if you're not a part of that ritualistic society that's behind the scenes, you're not going to be accepted in the in the mainstream church in that particular area. Um, but we all know that um, we can't mix light with darkness. We've been warned about mixing light with darkness. And sometimes um, some people, to be accepted, they will start adopting practices that are more acceptable by those who are already in positions before them. So in a sense, you can be taught the wrong thing from those that have gone before. Because some of those that have gone before us and that are trying to mentor people now are using the wrong spirits. They're using practices that have nothing to do with the body of Christ, and they're they're causing people to go astray 
and thinking that these practices are part of God. You got people that are that are um, using um, what they call, what some people call white witchcraft, right inside of their ministries. Um, I, I know of some places now that um, do things with meat, and I, and I and I was like, "Are you kidding me? These people are actually taking meat to to the church." And they they were they were saying that she was blessing it or she was um, bringing them deliverance. You know, she was doing this for God. So a lot of people are doing what looks like good things, but because of the spirits that are in operation, it is wickedness because it's witchcraft. And we know that any time we rebel against God and do things that are of disobedience, is witchcraft, and it is evil. So Jesus is basically saying that um, I know what you were doing outwardly, but inside of your heart, you were plowing the wrong field. You were adopting the wrong practices. You were using the wrong practices. You were using things that were not of me to get those things done. You were doing things that you had no business doing to get where you were in ministry. And because of that, you're dirty. A lot of people have elevated in ministry and have been promoted in ministry doing dirty things. And even though it looks like on the, on the surface that they're doing good things, they have done dirty things to get there, and their hands are still dirty. And that's why when they are before the son, he is going to say that he never knew them because they don't have his heart. They don't have his spirit. They have a spirit, but it's not his spirit because they have been producing fruit that comes from from other spirits, from other doctrines, from other beliefs that have nothing to do with what God has given us. So when I think of plowing in the wrong field, I think of that as a warning to, to be careful of some of the things that you adopt and and start accepting as you are going forth in your your ministry and in your walk with God. As you mature, um, examine yourself and make sure that some of the things that you are being taught um, truly do coincide with what God has said in his word. Um, Because a lot of times people will tell us things, they sound good, but they're not of God. Even prophecy, sometimes it sounds good, but it's not of God. So we have to be mindful of what we soak in. We can't feed from everyone's table. Everyone can't be your mentor. Everyone can't be your spiritual mom. Everyone can't be your spiritual father. I'm very, I'm very cautious about people who tr- who try to take me up under their wing because I know better, and I have to quickly tell people I already have a spiritual mother. I already have a spiritual father. That position is full and filled with someone that I can truly re- rely on and be accountable to that I know will teach me the right things. But there are many who are seeking to to take people under their wing for the purpose of leading them astray. And and we do have to be careful that we don't attach ourselves to the wrong sources. And I'll give you an example. One time I was um, walking with this particular um, apostolic leader, and the particular person was trying to get people to prophesy on command. And I basically said, um, I'm, I'm not going to be a part of this. And I didn't participate in that teleconference call because I truly believe that if God is not giving you something to say, 
and you force yourself to try to come up with something anyhow, you are opening a door to another spirit to give you information. And when and as soon as I heard that, I said, that's not of God. And um, many things were said to me in response to that. But I'm like, if God has not given it to you and you're given some information anyhow, then it's either you speaking out of your flesh or you're tapping into a spirit that is not of God. And all that does is opens up a door for, for divination. So um, after parting ways with that particular ministry, I, you know, I was glad I actually did that because some more things came out afterwards um, that was truly revealing some of the things that were going on. And um, some of it was um, producing what I call copycats. Um, you have to be a replica of the leader, um, not yourself, but a spiritual replica of the leader. And and I'm like, that's you know, that's not of God either, because we're supposed to be who we are, and work out our own soul salvation. We're not supposed to be copycats of someone else, preach like them, teach like them. I mean, just basically being a another version of them. We are supposed to be who God has called us to be. So. Um, we have to be careful who we connect with. And even leaders have to be careful of who they are mentoring and covering because everything attaching to them um, may not be leading them in the direction that God has has called them to. So I'm, I'm through. Amen, Prophet uh, that. Thank you. Uh, others, anybody else want to come up? I do want to uh, – this is Prophetess Jory again. I, uh, I just want to uh, piggyback on something that she said. Um, as she was talking, I heard um, we see ourselves through a, a, a mirror darkly. And sometimes things that we think are in other people are in ourselves. And because yes. we don't see it, then we see it reflected in somebody else. So we need to also be sure that we do some neology and pray and make sure that we ask the Lord to have in us what needs to be in us so that we don't unrightly or, or unjustly say something about or think something about somebody else. It, we need to examine ourselves first. And then as we go before the Lord and ask him to take the things out of us that's not in us and to replace it with his spirit. And as we try the spirits by the spirit of Christ, as we have been taught to do, then we can't go astray. And if, if somebody thinks that, then it's set up in the Bible that between one or two witnesses, you come up and you say something to somebody, and if they don't accept it, then there are steps that you're supposed to go through. If right. somebody feels that that is in someone, then they need to, as a brother or a sister, you know, let them know, because maybe they don't know. That's the only thing I wanted to put on there. Very good, very good. Others? Uh, Dr. Deneen again. Uh, I when um, Prophet that went through, she also uh, triggered uh, something in my mind when she first began, and she was talking about the platform that you know the leaders are on when they you know are in the field or whatever. And what I thought about is that when you look at a field or something that you're over, that's kind of like a long time you know venture. 
so maybe you know you're not supposed to be over that, you know, venture right there. But what I began to think about is the explanation that I gave stating that, you know, maybe you're going in there for that one soul. It made me think about the book of Ruth when she went and gleaned. You know, she wasn't there a long time. She just went and picked up some things. She picked it up and she got out. So, you know, maybe sometimes you're just there to glean and and be gone. So that that's just what made me think about, you know, when you're over the harvest, you're there for a long period of time, but when you're gleaning, it's just temporary. Amen. Amen. I'm... Um... Dr. Deneen, I want to to piggyback off of what you just said. Um, um, Lots of times, like you said, sometimes it's just to learn from certain experiences. We're not necessarily there to be there permanent. It's just for the experience, and that's what I have been encountering, is that a lot of things are there in place for us to learn what not to do in ministry. And so God will have you go through different things, and it's not to judge the person. It's for us to see what to do and what not to do in ministry. Um, lots of times you can, you will grow from learning what not to do, sometimes more than just someone just telling you what to do. Um, you can learn from what not to do. When you see what not to do, then you know not to do that when it's your turn to do ministry. And that's what I've been experiencing. I've been experiencing what not to do. And now when I come across those same things again, those same spirits again, I already know how to cut those off because I know what they are. I know how they operate. And so that way I won't have to make those mistakes again the next time I am doing something for the Lord. I already know how to handle those things. So some things are for the purpose of us learning what not to do. But sometimes we need that warning because warning always comes before destruction. And even the Apostle Paul, he never did anything without being led by the Lord. So if God is giving a warning not to, that you're plowing in the wrong field, it's not just said for no reason. There's a reason for that. And that is where we need to go back and examine, okay, Lord, I hear your warning, and now where is it there? What is it that I need to take off the field? What tool am I using that I don't need to use anymore? So that's a part of our neology, too, is to go back and say, look, Lord, what is it now that you're giving that warning? Because he does not give a warning for no reason. Uh, Warning comes before destruction, and that's the word. So that means that it's an intervention to keep us from going in in a manner that we're not supposed to go. So now... It's time to for all of us to examine ourselves and, and ask, what is it that's on my field that I need to reject? Because you're giving me a warning for a reason. I'd like to add to that if this is a good time. Uh, it just boils down to what it is that God wants from us and how we are to um, utilize our lives for him and what his purpose in our lives uh, is and uh, what we are here for. And in Ephesians 4, uh, it says that um, we are to be able to uh, acknowledge one another. And uh, at first I was thinking about 
when he set up the five folds, but I, I'm, I'm going to go back to the beginning of uh, verse 1 in Ephesians 4, where it says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness and long-suffering, bearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Going back to my very first statement, uh, when I come with the appointment, it says that, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. And for what? For the equipping of who? The saints. He didn't say for the equipping of the unbelievers. He said for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Who, again, are we talking about? Till we all come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man. we got to get to that state yet because we're still down there on earth. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That means totally emptying ourselves out to be able to have totally the fullness of Christ in us. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Now, if that comes with training, by the trickery of men, that's something that we have to understand. When we grow in Christ, we come to understand those things and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love, we grow up in all things unto him who is the head. He is the head, Christ, for whom the whole body is joined and knitted together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself Mm -hmm. in love. So we have to understand that there is a purpose why we are here. We have to be careful. But those who were appointed in those officers, officers are the ones that are to help those of us who are saved and in Christ to help us to bring us forward so that we can be able to train those coming into the body of Christ. We are here to, they are here to help edify and equip the saints for the working of the ministry. So we have to stay focused on that, not to get all caught up. You should already know some of these things, but some people just getting into the fold don't always understand the craftiness of men and don't understand how to hear God's small voice and know the difference, how to understand when God is calling them as opposed to man calling them to do the work of the ministry. That's another thing. So you have to understand how to be able to discern, and that's another part of learning. It's a part of being equipped and part of training that those who were served and and were given those areas to be over to, to help the saints develop so that they can become those who can train others. This is a work in progress. We all are a work in progress, 
but we don't want to get caught up that we hinder going forward in Christ and in kingdom building. We don't want to get caught up on that. We want to continue to move forward. Amen. Amen, Dr. Shaw. So well um, spoken. Uh, anyone else? Um, and, and Dr. Shaw, I just sent you an inbox. Please hit, just take a look at it. But anyone else? Uh, as we said, uh, as we said in the beginning, um, heard the uh, Lord say, you know, uh, some applying in the wrong vineyard. That may mean a lot. That may mean a lot of different things to different people. Just, um, you know, just always, uh, uh, as the Bible says, watch and pray. Thank God, amen, for you all. Um, Anyone else want to comment or uh, uh, maybe even close out or whatever? Well, I thank God for you. Um, Appreciate you. Um, some of you came on late, so you maybe didn't get the whole sense of it. I'm not going to try to rearticulate uh, all that was said. I appreciate the uh, comments. Um, lots of good, um, lots of good comments and uh, ways to look at uh, things. But um, just let us say, then, just be so careful uh, to be uh, led of the Spirit of the Lord. Uh, he is the Spirit of Truth. And uh, he, of course, sees beyond the surface. And uh, I'm not trying to give an apology. This um, text was topic was not to be judgmental, but just to uh, share it, what I heard with you. And uh, appreciate, amen, you all. Thank God, amen, for you. If there's no other uh, comments, we certainly solicit your prayers. And I want to pray for each and every uh, uh, ministry and and leader that's on the call. Um, But I ask somebody to kind of volunteer for uh, dismissal to release us. Uh, Dr. Grantham, before we, this is Apostle Miles. How's everybody doing? God bless you. God bless you. God bless the man of God and bless all the people on on the line tonight. I, I, I did get a little bit late, but I I I sat back and I listened, and um, I thank God for uh, clarification because let me say one thing about it, people of God, we have to be very careful what we're doing uh, that we can cause either people to come to Christ or run them away from Christ. And the enemy will take things and try to keep the church so off focus. And I do, I want you all to understand that a yoke is not a person, but it was a thing. It was a burden. It was a, it was something that would cause you to be enslaved to, tied yes. to the, a wooden bar that was connecting uh, two oxen to make a pool. Come on here. And, and God has come to set us 
free. Our mentality, I, I was speaking earlier tonight, uh, this evening, because the Lord dealt with me in a dream, and he started dealing with me about the bloodline. And bloodline is beyond a natural family. Bloodline is, is, is something that God is allowing us. He used a natural bloodline to take us to a spiritual meaning. And, and, and I ain't going to get into all that, but I say to you all, be very cautious and be very sensitive to the spirit of God, not allowing us to get in, in a moment where we feel as though we're trying to detect de- de- and see who's right and who's wrong uh, or who's, who, um, who's saved and who's not saved. You're wasting time trying to be, as I say, God, I thank him that I'm not in the judgment seat uh, because God has not called us to be judges, but we are to be uh, leaders. We are to be examples. And if you notice, every time that Jesus dealt with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, he rebuked them. And and let me say this. So you have to be very cautious that we not get religious-minded because that's what I was speaking about earlier that to this evening that the Lord began to share with me some things. And, and I, uh, I don't watch the news often, but when the Lord tells me to watch it, I will watch it because I don't want the news to detect or, or, or express to me what I need to say say what God allows me to say. But I, I say, uh, I was watching the news, and the Lord began to allow me to see things that he has been speaking about, and I spoke profoundly about communication, how the enemy was going to try to shut down communication and do it. And uh, let me say, the church is still at a standstill, God is saying, the church is producing unhealthy measures. Come on here, y'all. We, we're getting caught up in religion and not the word of God to bring freedom because God has taken away the slavery mentality. He has taken the burdens away. That's why he said, cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. In other words, take my take my yoke because I've already taken out the burden. I've already taken out the slavery mentality and the church has become so enslaved until it has literally crossed up what God meant for the happen. And and I realized that a lot of things that uh we're gonna have to be reformed, we're gonna have to start thinking different. I was watching a movie last night called The Life of Pi and not to hold up everybody's time, but it, it, it allowed me to see things and I thought it would be something if we would stop looking at one another and uh-huh. trying to determine whether or not you're safe because that's not my job. My job mm. is to demonstrate God's love. And, mm. and, and when he was in the uh, uh, situation with that tiger being on that ocean, the Lord dealt with him, and, 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 and the Lord allowed him to understand that every there might be different religions. Does religion make us unequally yoked? No, it does not. We get caught up if you're church of God in Christ, if you're Baptist, if you're Presbyterian, if you're Methodist. Oh, yeah, we, we're wasting too much time. And, and, and it's about the souls. And God is saying, that's not where I am. Because the more that we stay, we stay in that, that time zone, y'all, it enslaves us that we're taking on false yokes 
false burdens, and we're not allowing God to really get glory. So I, I was looking at that, and I said, God, it, it would be something if we would stop looking at people and judging and saying all kind of formal things that God is saying, that's not me. Ah, because we mis- mis- we misrepresent him so much. So we all need to come and say, we miss you, God. I keep saying it, that, God, we, we miss you somewhere, and we're going to have to get to a place of repentance and not keep trying to shout over this because God is saying Look, everybody needs to get it right. we got to get this right, y'all. We have to understand that it is more out there than if we would go to another con- a country or another culture, maybe we can start understanding one another. Maybe we won't get so stuck and, and, and allow ourselves to become judges. Mm. Mm-hmm. But God's word is too powerful, and we take it and we try to measure. Uh, uh, mm. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tap in right now. I'm not going to tap in. But let me say this, y'all. Be very careful. Be very mindful. Because I'm going to tell you, the Lord said to me, he said, daughter, I'm raising up people that people are not going to look to, and they're going to miss me. Oh. See, I, see you, you, you might be missing God because you might reject the wrong thing. You might reject the wrong thing. So you have to be open to what God is open to. He said, yes, narrow is my way, but it's not my thinking. See, we, oh, my God, we, we, we get caught up. Mm. And God said, I'm not there. I'm not there. Get with me. Y'all, God serves the whole world. He came for all. He didn't come for certain people. He said, I came for all. That's right. Oh, yeah. That means everything, everybody, all. He's concerned. And if we got to sit here and, and start allowing ourselves to get detached and to get all this contamination that has literally clogged up the body of Christ, caused people to miss God, Call people to die spiritually, we better take time out and hear God. I'm telling you, we need to hear God. If you ever needed to hear him, it is now. That is what the president keeps saying about and, and about even the, the uh, medical dealing with the law, he, uh, about the bill that they're trying to get established for the medical. Uh, but he keeps saying it's something big. Now, it's something. I said, God, it's something. I told you I don't watch the news a lot, but the Lord allowed me to tune in to that. He said, listen to what he's saying. And, and, and this is the same thing that God is saying. See, the enemy tries to mimic what God is saying, and it's not going to work, you all. God is, his word alone is going to stand. Whether you believe it or not, God is coming in such an unusual way. He said, I'm using unusual things, I'm using unusual situations in an ordinary position, but in an extraordinary position. It's coming. So you've got to understand what God is saying at this time. And I do say this, I say this, if you are not in tune with God, you might be very well missing him at the same time. So I thank God that just what I heard tonight, but I want you to understand you all. If we got to get before our face and get before God's presence and hear him, that's what we need to do. Because whatever it takes for us to 
get all this contamination out of us. Yo, America, we have been bamboozled. When when the when uh uh uh, Malcolm X, when he went over there and he saw how real Muslims really did, he realized he had been told the wrong things. And the same thing the church is dealing with today, we realize that a lot of things we have been led, we have been misled, we have told people things that are not God, and we are trying mm. to conform things, that, and we're trying to say God is this. God, no, 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 no. God says, I am concerned about all. When we get ourselves, me, myself, and Irene, we become in trouble. We become isolated. And the enemy, the first thing he does, he wants to isolate you. So let me say this, you all. Please take your judgment seats off and get in the presence of God and hear what God is saying. Thank you, Dr. Griffith. Amen. Amen. Um, God bless you, Dr. King. Um, that was right on time, and it was a confirmation on what many had spoken about tonight. Uh, truly, uh, we thank you for being on the call. Uh, Apostle Griffin had to get off the call and ask me to close out, but uh, what you had said was so profound, and it, it, it's definitely a, a word for today. It's definitely dealing with what's in the now and dealing with in the know, and it's the same thing over and over again. We already have to be aware of those issues, but we don't need to dwell on it. We have to keep our vision alive. We have to keep our uh, sights on God. We have to keep him before us and not behind us. We have to, like I said, empty ourselves out. You know, um, this is the time of the Lord. I mean, this is, you know, and he's brought us into our season and, you know, something else came to me about, you can't look back. Don't look back. So, uh, you know, we got to remain and, and, and look forward and, and, look and, and be ready. We have to be prepared. Like the, the uh, five wise versions versus the five foolish versions who were not ready. We got to have our oil ready. And then those who want to come and get our oil because they were not ready, we can't share that because we only have enough for ourselves. So we have to, we have to be girded up. It's putting on the whole armor of God when you do that because he is all-knowing and he is omniscient, omnipotent, and all of that, that great I am that I am. He knows when those things are coming at us. That is not of him. He knows when things are coming that is trying to yes. block us from our blessings. And he helps us discern those things when we're on the right track with him. He's not going to let nothing come in. He said, you know, Amen. there's God before Amen. us who can be against us. We have to realize those things may be out there, but it is not for us to have to deal with because we've overcome some of those things. He's already put some things in the mix, like dying on the cross and shedding his blood for us. I mean, so we have to know the power that and the authority that he has given us, even through that act. We have to know what that was about to know what this is about today. So we have to know how to put on our armor of God. We can't wear our shirts backwards. We have to put them on the right side up. We have to know how to walk and step in who we are before we can be able to claim anything else. But we have to be able to be wise about our moves. And I, I just thank you for that. Um, and I know uh, we're we're going down into the hour, not that God has a timetable, because that's another thing that we try to get away from. 
uh, when we're on these calls, we really don't want to do a time thing, but sometimes these calls are generated with a timetable tagged on them. So uh, are there any other comments? I appreciate your comment, Dr. Keith. Uh, any other comments? Anybody want to piggyback on that or add anything else that might be on your mind that can generate some um, other aspects and how we can look at this thing? You know, we want to dialogue, and that's important. Communication is important so we can see where everybody is on certain things. And uh, we can learn from each other as those who have been subject to the appointments of God can train us in certain things. And then there's some things that, you know, because no one knows everything, we are all able to learn from each other and glean from each other certain things. And uh, if there's anything else anybody wants to bring forth in this conversation, this would be the time. Other than that, anybody else? Okay. Uh, thank you all for coming on the call. Uh, Apostle King, um, uh, Apostle Griffin told me to tell you thank you so much for coming on the call, especially wanted me to call you out and say that he appreciates you, and he told me to tell you thank you. He's sorry he had to get off the call, but he Great. wanted to thank you for being present on the call. He was looking forward to you, and thank everybody for being on the call. Thank you for your contribution in this conversation that Apostle brought up in his um, scriptures and uh, to bring forth information uh, that uh, it, it helped everybody, uh, brought everybody to an understanding and uh, how we move forward. And um, in that, since you did get on the call a little later, Dr. King, we would ask if it's okay if you can close out the call for us by a prayer. Amen. Amen. Father God, we thank you for tonight, God. We thank you that we're not just coming together just to waste time, but we're coming to get an understanding of what you're saying, Father. Father, I thank you for taking everything out of us that you don't want in us, Father, because you're saying that I'm moving in such a way that, God, our own past won't help us, God, but it's the new things that are happening that will cause us to see and hear you in a different mindset, in a mind frame, Father. Father, I thank you that you will allow our minds to concentrate on the word of God and getting to know you over and over again and Getting in love with you in the place, God, that nothing can be able to separate us from the love of God. You already said in your word, Father, and we thank you, Lord, that we are going to seek you, God, while you can be found. And we're calling upon you while you are near. My God, I thank you for a understanding of what you're doing, Father, because we understand that you're raising up your people in this hour, people that you thought that would not come forth are coming forth, people that you thought that would not be you, God, is using those. must have been kicked out. Yes. Oh, my. Hello? Yes. Yeah. Hello? Yeah, okay. she must have uh, dropped. She kicked out. Yeah, I got disconnected. Oh, I got disconnected, too, just now. So um, we're just going to bind that, that other spirit that, that's doing that. I mean, it's been something going on on everybody's com- computers and phones. Just be careful. 
Um, it's got people that you know sending messages to you, but read through that. The language is not the language of our people that we know. And so when you get texts that are uh, unreasonably different, if you know how your friends sound and who they are, you can always call them to confirm if that's your message. But don't take that message any further than to the delete zone, delete the message, or, you know, you, you don't answer it. That's what I'm saying. There's a lot of uh, people stealing the, um, your, your sites right now and messing up your, your phone lines and computers. So please be mindful and be careful. Uh, that's what's going on right now. A lot of tapping in on your calls and things and disconnecting people and wiping out their computers. Don't take on anything that is not something that you initially uh, wanted to deal with. And anything that you don't know about, don't deal with it. That's just how you need to deal with that other than to delete. And then, then sometimes be careful with that. And, of course, you know, um, continue to look for those warning signs, phone calls and things like that. You probably heard, and this is just a tidbit of FYI since we're closing out. Uh, hopefully, Dr. King will be able to get back on the call. But if not, uh, just a FYI, phone calls. People are constantly calling your phone line, and um, you know they're talking about who they are. There are men and women, and the first thing they'll ask you is if you can hear them. Okay, do not answer. Just hang up because the moment you say yes, they will take that zone into another uh, level. And use your voice carry over saying yes to taking over your account. So be very careful. Hang up. Please hang up on those calls. Uh, don't accept them. And like I said, anything else coming in on um, these um, quick emails and Facebook tags and things like that, there's a lot of um, phony people on there talking about and talking in your friend's voice that they found money and all that, don't go into that. Tell them you're going to report them to FBI, they'll leave you alone. So in that, um, those are some of those things that we got to look forward to. Uh, we know that's, been, that's out here, so just be careful. I'm just telling everybody on the call, be careful. Uh, other than that, uh, I, again, thank everybody for being on the call, and uh, we'll get back again till we meet again. Uh, may the Lord continue to bless us in our coming and going and keep us all safe. In Jesus' name. Good night, everybody. Good night. Amen. Good night. Night.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.